transitions can be hard. One moment we think we have it all figured out, and suddenly we are faced with the unexpected. Hi, I'm your host, Sarai Montoya. I believe that everyone has a special mission in this world, and through this means, I want to be a light in your path if you are ready to get inspired. Come join me on the Sarai Montoya podcast. Together, we will learn to maintain joy while navigating through seasons in life, a joy that is long-lasting and sustainable. I will be releasing episodes with topics to encourage you to continue striving to be the best version of yourself, but most importantly, the person God has called you to be. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sarai Montoya podcast. This is episode 10 and if you've been listening since episode 1, I want to take a moment to say thank you. I truly appreciate your support during this journey and if this is the first time you listen in, I encourage you to check out the previous episodes and I really pray that they're a blessing to your life. A few days ago, my husband and I decided to try something new, to study the book of 1 John every day for one month. 1 John has only five chapters, and our task was to read those five chapters every day at some point in our day and share something new that caught our attention each time. Every time I would read 1 John chapter 1, a section of that passage kept tugging at my heart, and today... I want to share with you something special that God put in my heart. 1 John verse 5 reads, God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. In this episode, I want to focus on the concept that God is light, and how that light can be within us too. Before we start, I like to say a prayer to invite the presence of God in, but also so that you may open your heart and your mind to what the Word of God has to tell us today. Dear God, we welcome you into this episode today, that your presence may be manifested in our hearts no matter where we are tuning in from. I pray that we may have sensitive hearts and open our minds to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. When I think about light, I think about that beautiful and warm sunlight that comes through my window each morning and wakes me up and makes me feel grateful for another day of life, another opportunity. I'm the type of person that loves natural light, sometimes over lamps, having too many lamps around. And I tend to keep my blinds open and curtains open to let the sun in throughout our home. That's just a little bit of my love for natural light. However, if you'd ask a plant, what does light mean to you? If you ask a flower, what does, that, what does light mean to you? It probably tell you, it's the source of energy that allows me to grow tall and beautiful. Without light, we would not have green plant life. Vegetable gardens would not produce, and flowers would probably not bloom. 
Light gives food and energy to plants through a process called photosynthesis, and it makes everything flourish. It is an essential part of all life on Earth. The other day, I asked my three-year-old son, "What is light?" and he said, "It's what keeps my room bright so that I can play in my room when the sun goes down." So today, I want to ask you. What does light mean to you? Keep that thought in mind as we go into today's episode. If we go back into our introductory scripture, John writes about God being light because he wants us to understand who God is. Let me read a portion of First John for you, uh, chapter one, verse five, and on, so that you may grasp a little bit more of the context of this passage. Verse five starts with, "This is the message we have heard from him, and declared to you: God is light; in him there is no darkness at all. If we say to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie, and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another." And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar. And his word is not in us. When we study the first book of John, we see that John really wants us to know who God is. John wants us to be certain of the manifestation of God. John also wants us to know that God came into the world in human flesh to bring us salvation. He tells us that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. In this passage, John describes to us. About the nature of God, other gospel writers like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they tell us what God did. They tell us what Jesus Christ did and what He said. But John, he features who God is. John is more concerned that we know something about the nature of Jesus Christ. This is so touching to me because it shows how much John loved Jesus. That he wants me to know. And he wants you to know how amazing God is. I don't know about you, but when I know someone who is very special and dear to me, I get so excited to share about them. I remember when my husband and I were dating long distance. He would have to commute about five to six hours to come visit me once a month, and there was times where I had to attend events or services by myself, and people would ask me for him or about him. And I would share all the wonderful qualities and how special he was to me. It always brought a smile to my face and definitely made me miss him more. But similarly, you know, I can't imagine John trying to write to us in this passage the beautiful nature of our Almighty God and how special he was to him, and just to explain the nature of God in this passage to us. So John says in this book. That God is spirit. In verse five, he says, "God is light." 
And in chapter 4, verse 8, he says, God is love. John wants us to know who God is, not just what he does, has done, and will do. In this portion of scripture, John focuses on God and the reality that God is light, and that becomes foundational for the rest of the passage and the nature of God. He says, God is light, not God is a light, but God is light. God is essential light, and that reality is presented through scripture. If we say God is love, you can understand that you understand what it means to love, and that can be demonstrated on how God manifested love. But when scripture says God is light, what does that really mean? If we go back to the book of Exodus, God appeared to Moses in the wilderness in the form of light. Moses asked God to show him his glory, and God allowed a portion of his glory to pass by to Moses, and Moses saw some kind of light. So God manifested in the form of light. He also manifested himself to the children of Israel by leading them in the day with a cloud of light in the sky. However, Scripture tells us in Psalms 104 that no man can see God and live. God's light is too glorious for any creature to see in its fullness. So God covers himself with light. Not only God is light himself, but he is the source of our light. Psalms 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. But what does that mean? He is my light. This means that when we come to Jesus Christ and accept Him as our Savior, we receive light and salvation. Therefore, Jesus Christ is also light. In fact, Jesus Christ is called the light of the world. In verse 5, Paul says, We do not preach ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus because He is the source of light. It's not about us, but about Christ. It's about the message of salvation. So God is light. He conveys that light to us through the glory of Christ by means of the gospel. It's kind of like a flowchart. God is light. Jesus Christ is light. And we become light through Christ. This concept also appears in other places. Like in Colossians 1, Christ has delivered us from darkness. It is through Christ that the light of God is given to us. In Ephesians 5.8, it says, You were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Peter 2.9 says, God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And Jesus says in Matthew 5.14, You are the light of the world. So again, God is light, Jesus Christ is light, and we who come to Christ share in that light. I don't know about you, but when I read these scriptures, I am convicted and reminded that darkness doesn't belong within me. Because if I'm in Christ, I should be light to the world. When negative thoughts come your way, you can rebuke them and cast them captive because they don't belong in you. You are light. Because God is within you. These scriptures allow us to see a relationship of light between God, Christ, and us. But again, what is light? We're almost there. Hang on tight. So the psalmist writes in Psalms 36, 9, 
For with you is the foundation of life. In your light, we see light. If you think about this, it's only because of Christ that we see light. Life and light are linked in this verse. And this is the first way to understand the concept that God is light. God is light in the sense that God is life. As light emanates from its source, life emanates from its source. And to understand this, let's go to John chapter 1, which says, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In this scripture, we read that God is clearly the source of light. In Him was life, and life was the light. So, light equals life. Life is that light. God demonstrates that He is life by manifesting Himself in light. He gives that life to man physically in creation. He gives it spiritually through the new creation and the new birth. Everything that lives takes its life from the source who is God. In the case of plants, light directly influences plant growth and flowering by inducing photosynthesis and feeding plants energy. Plants are dependent on light to generate food, induce the growing cycle, and allow for healthy development. Without light, most plants would not be able to grow or reproduce. Photosynthesis would not occur without the energy absorbed from sunlight, and there would not be enough oxygen to support life. God gives plants light to grow, and plants give us oxygen to live. Colossians 1.16 says, For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. The Lord is the source of all life. The life of God is given to all that live, physically and spiritually. And our eternal life comes from Christ through the gospel. John 12, 46 says, I have come as light into the world. What he means by this is he didn't come to bring information. He came to bring life. I have come as light into the world that everyone that believes in me does not remain in darkness. So what happens when you believe in Christ? You don't just receive information. You don't just receive illumination. You receive life. And that is the point. John discusses who is really a possessor of the light. Who really has the light? And that sets up for the rest of the book. Chapter 2 verse 9 says, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister, he is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. In this portion of scriptures, John writes for the safety of the church to distinguish who really has eternal life, who really has the light, who is really in the fellowship and who is not. 
He wants us to understand that whoever denies sin can't have eternal life. He wants us to understand the importance of confessing our sins. When we talk about God as light, we're talking about life. We're talking about God as the source of life. When you look at scripture, you will see that light is associated with two things. First, it's associated with truth. And secondly, it's associated with virtue. Light indicates truth. There's an intellectual side to it, knowledge side. And on the other hand, light speaks of moral conduct. God as light has those two properties of being absolutely true and absolutely pure. God's life is true and holy. Scripture says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This looks at scripture as light that is true. The commandment is a lamp and the teaching is light. The light of God, the life of God, is linked by truth. And this is important to recognize because you can't talk about the word of God without talking about its truthfulness. Psalms 119 says that the unfolding of thy words gives light. So in other words, the life of God is characterized by the truth. It features the truth. Light refers to the truth. It is light to our otherwise dark minds. But you'll also find that light also appears in a moral sense. It appears as holiness, virtual, and righteousness. If we go back to 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, the light shines through the darkness, and the darkness didn't comprehend it. 1 John chapter 2, verse 23, John emphasizes that all people are in need of this light. Ephesians 5, verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So here, Christ is shining on you because you are living in the light. So when you think about God as light or God as life, understand that the two properties of the light are truth and holiness. That is the essential nature that God imparts. When He imparts it to you, it is that very life. But obviously, we fall short from being perfect like God because that wonderful life is incarcerated in our fallen flesh. But the evidence of that life is manifested in our devotion to the truth and holiness. And as God has nothing to do with the darkness, so do we. We long to have nothing to do with the darkness, nothing to do with the darkness of deception, nothing to do with the darkness of transgression. So this is where John takes us. It's not what you say. It's not what you claim. It's what we see, the truth and virtue. And it starts here. If you say you have the life of God, but you don't have God's attitude towards sin, 
If you don't have God's truthful and holy hatred of sin, you don't have this life because His life is consistent with Him. He's the source. One of the reasons why we come to the Lord's table is to confess our sins. If you are reluctant to see that, if you don't render your sins, then you don't have the life of God because if the life of God were in you, your inner being would be saying the same thing God says. But if you're a true believer and are a possessor of the light, you will confess. You will see it like God sees it. You will confess your sins and in the confession of your sin, you will be in alignment and in agreement with God and God will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So, Next time you wake up in the morning and you see the sunrise, remember that God is light and light is life and you can have eternal life if you acknowledge your mistakes and ask God to help you with those struggles. Every day is a gift from God for you to live purposefully, for you to get closer to Him, to repent from your sinful actions, from your sinful thoughts. Don't let those things stop you from being useful to God. To be wholly useful to God, we have to be empty of self. Instead of asking God to serve us, what if we told God we are available to serve Him? But to truly get to a point of submission and availability to God and to be fully aware of His presence, we need to be wise to recognize and understand our sinfulness. God has created you with a purpose and He is always waiting for you with open arms ready to cleanse you and show His love and mercy to you. Open your heart and ask Him to search it. Let Him point out where you need His forgiveness. Let Him feel those gaps of guilt, pain, and hurt that perhaps you've been carrying for years. It's time to let the darkness out and that light shine. This week, I want to challenge you to modify the way you pray and practice praying dangerous prayers like King David did. There's no right way to pray, but do know that the prayers that move God are the simple, authentic, and heartfelt ones. Don't worry about the fancy words. Just be transparent to God. God has called us to a life of faith, not a life of comfort. It's time to stop praying for comfort. Instead, pray for discomfort. Pray that God tugs at your heart. Those prayers that can truly break you and transform you so that you can become the person God has called you to be. David's prayer, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. When we ask God to search us, we have to be ready for Him to expose what He finds deep inside of us. When we ask God to test us, we need to get ready to be broken. But it's through that process that God will transform you. We say we are in the light. We say that the light is in us. But do we manifest the characteristics of that light? 
truth and holiness, God wants us to truly long for holiness. We need to see our sins how God will see them. There's a book that I recently finished reading titled Dangerous Prayers by Craig Rochelle. It was recommended to me by my beautiful friend and spiritual leader, First Lady Sister Georgia. It's a short read, less than 100 pages, and focuses on praying three dangerous prayers. Search me, break me, and send me. I want to encourage you to read it too and try to make dangerous prayers a part of your prayer life. And when you pray, ask God to search you. Remember that it starts with us acknowledging our thoughts, our attitudes, where our heart is. Many times we rationalize our wrong actions, but what if moving forward we stopped rationalizing and we just ask God to search us, break us, and send us? Before we dismiss, I want to say a prayer for you so that you can continue to feel the presence of God throughout your week. Lord, thank you for your word today. We are so grateful to know that your light is within us. And when challenges come our way, we know that through the confessing of our sins, we can be in light and have life. At this moment, I ask that you continue speaking to my listeners' lives as they go about their week. We know that following you, God, was never meant to be easy. And many times, we forget to go to you in times of trouble, in times of fear. But we trust that you, O oh Lord, you have a purpose for our lives. You are a God of forgiveness. You are a God that cleanses all inequities when we open our hearts to you, God. Create in us a clean heart. Renew our spirits. Restore the joy of your salvation and a willing spirit to sustain us. Lord, we love you and we praise your holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining me on today's episode and giving yourself this space to join in on the Sarai Montoya podcast. To view the complete show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode, visit saraimontoya.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at sarai underscore Montoya. And before you go, make sure to subscribe so that you may receive notifications right when new episodes are released. Lastly, I do have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, I hope you'll let me know by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. I'd love to read your reviews. Reviews let Apple know that great listeners like yourself enjoy the show and that helps us expand our reach. So thank you so much. I pray that this podcast truly empowers you to become a better version of yourself, but most importantly, the person God has called you to be. I look forward to talking to you next time.